Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. You're listening to Girlfriend It Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. Today, Lisa is off in Washington for the National Prayer Conference, and of course, she's teasing and texting me with fabulous stories. I'm sure she will fill us in next week on the show. And Lisa, if you're listening right now, one word behave. All right. Some of us have heard the story of the man running in the park and noticed a cocoon on the tree close by, which at the very moment, a butterfly was emerging from the cocoon. As he watched the butterfly struggle, he got the idea to very, very carefully begin helping the butterfly to escape the small hole in the cocoon. He then laid it on the rock close by and watched as the butterfly started to stretch its wings. He was ecstatic to be stumbling upon this miraculous scene only to watch the butterfly die. He later learned that by assisting the butterfly out of its cocoon, it had only He'd only made matters worse. In fact, he had limited the butterfly's ability and strength, and the butterfly was unable to fly on its own. By helping too much, he had enabled the butterfly out of its bounds, yes, but in the process, he had killed it. And of course, this story, it's a beautiful metaphor to just communicate as leaders or parents. Um, So often, we do things for people thinking we are helping or making it easier for them, only to realize that people must not only be willing, but also must do the work themselves to become more whole and complete. So today we will be discussing how do we help others without wounding them in the process. Joining us later in the show, we have Jamie Mansfield, author of Chasing the Butterfly, an artist as well as owner of Picky Toes Art Studio. But joining us right now, we have Melissa Hoffmeister. Welcome, Melissa. How are you? Hey, Patty, I'm great. Well, Melissa, you began your career in the corporate world putting um, your finance degree to work at John Deere and Chevron Texaco. You've worked the past six years for Stadia, which we absolutely love, a global church planning organization, and you are currently the associate director of events. Um, You're also on the teaching team at Lake Point Church in Wisconsin, Um, and this is the church that you and your husband, Brian, started in 2012, and um, that doesn't seem to keep you busy enough, so you are with Bloom, the national leadership team, um, where you have the opportunity to encourage and equip church planning wives. But what you really love to do and makes your heartbeat um, uh, soar is playing and watching sports with your three elementary-aged boys. Um, and I have to tell you, I, there's nothing like that, so I hope you're just really um, taking each moment of being able to do that. But I have to ask you a question, Melissa. You went from John Deere 
and Chevron to church planning and pastor's wives. <laughs> so tell us how God moved you from there to here. Yeah, I think um, it's been a great journey, actually. I have always just longed for a corporate career and thought that's kind of the life that God would have planned for me and really enjoyed that season. Um, but when he moved us, my husband um, really felt called to seminary, so I was doing the corporate life and paying for him through school. Um, but then he moved us across country, and it really put us at a crossroads of do I re-enter that um, lifestyle and the pace and stress of that world, or do I um, join Brian in ministry and figure out what that looks like? And it definitely was a transition in our marriage um, mm-hmm. and learning to submit and to understand how I can grow and be um, just living out my gifts in this new nonprofit world. But I just absolutely love it. I feel like it's exactly where God uh, what God had planned all along, but I would have never drawn that path early on in my life. So um, now I get to just do everything I love from my kitchen table, and <laughs> it's so great. Yeah, I, I truly, I think that's actually um, awesome to go from the corporate world into ministry. Not that, uh, I mean, at one point you can look at that and go, there's not that much of a difference, but then there is a significant difference, <laughs> but I, I do think it's important to, um, to be able to relate to, especially when you're doing church planning to go, okay, here, you know, someone's putting in a 40, 50, 60 hour work week. And then we want them to come over here and, and volunteer, be a part of the body of Christ and, you know, kind of create this acts to church, but yet you're exhausted. Um, working and you get that when you have put in those hours and you know, you know what that's like. So I think it's really important sometimes for people in ministry to, to have that time in, in the corporate world. Well, you and I, um, in chatting, I thought it was interesting because our common denominator right now is that next week we are both doing a, a workshop on sex. So your (laughs) workshop is, um, at uh, the conference menwithnoregrets.org if anyone wants to register their husband <laughs> for that. <laughs> tell us a little bit, um, we, you know, we were just starting out today talking about the, that butterfly and how he's trying to get out of the cocoon. And so many times as leaders, we come along and we, we probably help people a little bit too much without, um, you know, just enabling them, I guess. How how is this um, in next week as you're going to this this conference and you guys are hitting a topic which, boy, I, I think um, definitely all of us can go to this conference and just have that refresher course on keeping the romance alive. And uh, tell us a little bit more about um, that conference, that topic, and how do we help others in doing this? Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, it's kind of one of those cliche topics sometimes that we hear of, oh, you should go on more date nights, help around the house, you know, just <laughs> work on your marriage, build it up. And although those things are all true, um, for some reason, we still have conversations with our friends where it's just not easy. Those simple things don't really make an impact um, the way we hope. And I think it parallels really well with that butterfly story of, it's a journey, and it's a journey that needs God. It's a spiritual journey. And until we really understand that this is um, a journey that God's with us on, we can't make 
we can't overcome the hurdles that come into our lives. And so that's what I've seen in my own lives, and especially through church planting, just the impact it's had on our intimacy. Um, you know, when we are walking with our men through uh, an adventure, whether that's their corporate career or their entrepreneurs or just wherever they're at, um, we often forget that they're in very vulnerable positions as leaders in their world, um, in their families. And anything we can do to build their confidence um, impacts every other area of their life. And sexuality does that for them. And so if they have one person in their life camping them, saying, you are irresistible, you're an amazing leader, and you're full of creativity, and I want all that from you, wow, they just walk around with their chest puffed up, and they are amazing um, men around the house, they're amazing men in the workplaces, and those are the kind of men that make big impacts in the world. And so that's the kind of husband that, that I want. I want him to make huge impacts in our city and in our church. And so that really starts in the most intimate, safe place, um, which is sexuality in our marriage. And so I think that's kind of the angle that I've come from. But in my of my own self, I don't just gravitate to that, oh, let me selfishly serve you sexually and, mm-hmm. and help you become this amazing man. Um, and what I found is just it's just this humble state before Jesus saying, you want great things in our marriage and in, in my husband and in me. And um, But I need you, God. I need you to remind me that that's really what it's about and not just a physical need. Um, so that's kind of what I've learned along the journey and what we're going to be talking about. So this conference is like 5,000 men, and I get to hang out with them for the day and share what we're learning. Well, um, they're going to love that, hearing hearing from your perspective. And um, what you said, I, I, I really don't, think women do realize the impact and the power. I mean, women bring down kingdoms um, just by what they can convey uh, to others. And so um, just understanding that, what you just said, and the most significant thing that men want is that respect. And so in doing that, just verbally communicating how much you respect them, how incredible they are. It, it really doesn't take a whole lot. And I, I'm sure you've seen um, where it says, you know, a woman's brain and it has a picture of everything going on in a woman's brain. And then it has a man's <laughs> brain. <laughs> it's like sex. Um, and we probably should warn going into the next uh, um, segment of the show that this went from rated G to probably PG 13, 14. So we will get into a little bit more um, details on how can we um, help out in, in our relationships. And it does seem like there is a core, I mean, obviously if we are together and we're helping each other, building that relationship um, and chiseling each other towards Christ, that's our number one um, goal in our marriage. But there is a core value there that um, sex is that clue and that intimacy that needs to take place. Um, we have two minutes, Melissa, before we go into a commercial break. Um, are there a couple tips there that you have that you're going to be sharing at the conference? And then we can follow up in our next segment as well. Yeah, I think the two um, areas that I see in building confidence in, in your relationship is forward thinking and renegotiating. Um, both of these take a very proactive approach to your relationship and intimacy. Um, there's definitely a time and place for counseling 
and sharing the pain and the hurdles that you see in your marriage, especially in the sexual areas of your marriage, but taking a perspective that God is a God of redemption and a God of healing and that He's brought back every broken relationship through the death of His Son, and having that perspective in, in an area of your marriage like sexuality and thinking forward into what He can make of it, um, I think that is going to be a great first step in um, building intimacy in your marriage. And then after you take that step, being open and confident in renegotiating, well, what does that look like for our family and our marriage? And, and um, hold, that, hold that thought, Melissa. We're going to take a real quick break, and we'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real-world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion. Every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, you will realize dreams and aspirations you thought we're out of reach. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Right. We are talking with Melissa Hoffmeister, and Melissa is on the teaching team at Lake Point Church in Wisconsin. Um, this is a church that she and her husband, Brian, started in 2012, and she is also on the Bloom National Leadership Team, where she has the opportunity to encourage and equip church planning wives. Melissa, we just went into the commercial break um, talking about uh, how we just build up our husband and uh, talking about the intimacy and you were going into negotiating um, with your husband. So tell us a little bit more on what you mean by negotiations. 
Yeah, we often think of our marriage as, you know, we stood before our family and friends and made these vows to love and cherish um, and good times and in bad. And with that comes the sexual piece of our relationship. And um, I know TV and media makes you feel like, oh, once you say those things, it'll all click and fall together and your um, intimacy will be great. But with that also comes a great weight of communication and um Everyone has different preferences, different ideas of how often, how, what the environment should look like. And so it takes a lot of time to figure out what that means for you and your spouse. And so we often joke in our house uh, that it's not just negotiating, but renegotiating uh, throughout the marriage because what works today in this season is probably not going to work in the next season um, based on the kids' ages or career demands. Um, and so we've had to um, – we looked at two different main areas. One, I think women really need healthy environments to um, have a great sexual lifestyle, where men is re- look at events. You know, they want to put together a fun anniversary or a date night out. But um, to really have a healthy marriage, I think we need to look at it as a lifestyle, a sexual lifestyle versus just these one-off events. And that may mean – you know, away margin in, in some different areas so that you can be freed up to think um, sexually with your spouse. So for us, the Hoffmeisters, we do um, some crazy things like hire a college girl to clean every other week so that I can um, plan a nice date night instead of using my time to scrub toilets. Or mm-hmm. um, just instead of a date, uh, regular date night, we'll swap with another family to have our kids sleep overnight. So we have a full night of sleep and some extended time together once a month. And so we just try to look for extreme ways of, um, you know, what's working for you, what's working for me. But it's taken a lot of years to feel safe enough to have those kinds of conversations. And I think that's so important to um, have those boundaries and make sure you are doing the the date night. I know my husband and I, um, from the time we have three kids, and uh, we used to just do couch time on uh, Friday nights and Saturday nights where the kids, they knew that they would go, you know, we'd put a movie in for them and we'd get pizza and popcorn. We, we actually called it a Kuna Matata night. And um, they, we had a no-no room and this sounds so crazy, but um, we would go and sit on the couch. They knew, you know, mom and dad were there and um, we would have our time together and they could not go in the no-no room. So it was really funny because they would come up to the tile like before you would hit the carpet <laughs> of the no-no room and they would ask us a question and we would go, you know what? We're not here right now. This is the no-no room. You're, you guys are going to have to figure it out. And so even when people say, well, we just can't afford, um, you know, to go out on a date or to get a babysitter. And, and I realize it is expensive, but that's that's a great idea, even doing the exchange or having, you know, you know, a teenager from your church or whatever. You can get really creative. And the, and the big thing is being consistent with it, because once you do that, then you don't make, make plans on that night unless you absolutely have to, you know, if it's a, a special event. But um, just guarding that time together, I think, is so significant. Okay, what would be another tip then? Yeah, I think um, 
looking at uh, work schedules is another great thing for, I know for me, between 5 and 6.30 is kind of the crazy hour around our house. Everyone needs personal attention. There's homework to be done. There's food to be made. And we've found that committing to that um, segment of time to be together as a family has been really powerful for building intimacy in our relationship. I feel like he's really hearing that this is the hard time of day for me, and he's meeting that need by being home. Now, a lot of nights, that means he goes back to work from 7 to 10 at night for meetings or just work on his computer, but he's committed to be with us during that during that time slot, and um, that's impacted my safety and my um, my love for him. And so that's one way he, we've had to renegotiate what, what hours work for us. Um, and I think another angle of that too is just what is what are the obstacles that are keeping you from um, really looking each other in the eye and keeping you from wanting desiring to meet each other's needs um, and so if you can identify some of those roadblocks or hurdles that lead to you not feeling connected addressing those it'll give you more margin to to be connected on the date nights or or whatever, whenever you carve out the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because I think so many times we just, we go through life without doing these types of negotiations and um, we don't realize, I don't know if it's because we just think we're invincible. Oh, you know, I'm a strong believer. Um, divorce isn't going to hit my world. And yet we do have to open our eyes up to the statistics of, how many divorces actually happen? Um, I know per day, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, there is one divorce every 13 seconds. And when you think of that, you go, okay, perhaps I really should be listening here. (laughs) And I should take some of this, not just listen to it and walk away and not apply it. And um, the average marriage uh, that ends in divorce is eight years is the average length. So, um, we really do need to look at some of these, um, just innovative ways to go, okay, this, this helped this couple out. Uh, maybe I should try this rather than just letting life happen and not being, um, proactive with it. So I, I think that's a, I've never heard that before about your, your witching hour of that. <laughs> that is yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you go through that and then by the evening time you're like, you know what? I I do not want you I don't even want you looking at me, yet alone touching me. Because <laughs> you're like so yeah. everything, you know, you have to offer has been squeezed out of you and you're at a walking zombie. So that that is a great a great tip. Um what would be, like you said, some of them just sound like, you know, they're so trite and the cliches, but what would, what is another tip there? I think also just realizing that every other part of your relationship is dynamic um, and every other part of life, you know, your, your weight and healthy eating, your career, and if you're, you know, how stressful that season of life is, or um, your parenting has its ups and downs, and to just um, acknowledge and affirm that where you are right now sexually in your marriage isn't where you need to be, you know, a month from now. And it might be better, it might be worse, but to just understand that that's going to be dynamic, just like any other area of your life. And I think sometimes we feel 
like, well, it's not good, so that's just how it's always going to be. And to really take a more proactive, lifelong learner approach, you know, we tool ourselves at our jobs or in parenting. We pick up books on these topics. And um, But to really go together, sit down in front of the computer and look up some amazing Christian um, sex books that are out there and, and do it as a couple and look at it as something we're going to be investing in our marriage as we, we do financial planning as, um, you know, learning as a couple, we do parenting classes as a couple, but to really invest in learning about our sexuality as a couple, I think is something we don't talk enough about. Mm-hmm. I think too, for women, um, it's okay to go a little crazy and fun and make the, uh, just an enticing night for your husband that he will have mm-hmm. to remember it, <laughs> you know, just do something <laughs> so fun and exciting that, you know, it, it's going to last a while. He, 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 in five years from now, he'll go, remember that one night <laughs> where it's just oh, yeah. get fun. Yeah, I think you can get a lot of mileage out of times like that. And um, like you said earlier in the program, a little bit goes a long way for your marriage as a woman. And so any little bit that you can do to add creativity, to make them smile, to just say, hey, I'm thinking about you and I understand how important this is, um, they do remember it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just read somewhere where um, the average four-year-old laughs 400 times a day and the average 40-year-old laughs four times a day. And I think just bringing that fun element back into your marriage and, you know, when you were dating, you would laugh at everything that he would say. And now, you know, he'll say something and you roll your eyes like, okay, seriously, (laughs) (laughs) just to go back to that laughing at him, you know, laughing and enjoying their jokes and having fun with them is another way that you're saying, I really think the world of you and I respect you. Um, I, I think is, is very significant. And I know, um, some of my friends and I will challenge each other to, to do something funny, like send them something fun at work, be it through a text message or a funny joke, or just that you're thinking about him in a fun way. It's not all parenting. It's not all, you know, finances. It's, it's something fun. Um, so we have about two more minutes, Melissa, before we go into another commercial break. Uh, what would you love for our listeners to walk away with in, um, just, something creative to, to do in your marriage. And it's actually one minute now. <laughs> well, I think one of the best things you can do for your marriage is bring um, encouraging people around you as a wife. I know I go out once a month with um, some girlfriends, and we intentionally ask each other, what are you doing to spice up your marriage? And if they haven't been doing anything, we text each other that night, okay, what are you doing tonight? And just make it fun and playful in your friendship because sometimes if it's just you have, carrying all the weight of keeping that spark alive in your marriage, it's it's a lot to carry. But when you can bring other people around you who you know keep it asking you those fun questions and making it something of joy, um, that's going to leave a lasting impression and, and spark you up um, just when you might not have the energy. Mm, that is a great tip. What are you doing to spice up your marriage? And I think we'll just end this segment on the deepest need for a man is to be respected. And yes, even above sex, barely. But uh, hold that thought and we'll be right back after this commercial break. 
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's coming. You better believe it's coming. Oh, yes. Tyler Net Radio is about to start giving away some awesome stuff from sponsors like Walmart, Red Pedal Salon, Geek World, Air Science and Dome Theater, Tours of Tyler, Regal Cinemas, and much, much more. All you have to do is tune in between 1 and 2 p.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and when you hear the ad with this music, call in to 903-787-5880. Be the ninth caller and you walk away with the loot. The fun begins on February 10th. Tell a friend, tell your family, telegraph the world. Tuesdays and Thursdays between 1 and 2 p.m. on TylerNetRadio.com. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself? Without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the Wow Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. We somehow went from sex talk back to butterfly talk, and we started out our show today with the metaphor of assisting the butterfly out of the cocoon, how instead of helping this butterfly, it actually um, destroyed him. And so joining us now, we have Jamie Mansfield, author of Chasing the Butterfly, and she is also an artist and owner of Piggy Toes Art Studio. Welcome, Jamie. Okay. So we're having a little bit of a, a technical difficulty in getting hold of our, our next guest. So we are going to just continue to talk about um, just marriage and uh, following up on what Melissa was talking about in um, just how divorce and uh uh, not being able to focus and do things um, with our husband can can lead to divorce. And I know we were talking about the the average um, 
uh, length of, of marriage that ends in divorce in eight years. And also, um, people wait an average of three years after a divorce to remarry if they remarry at all. And all right, so I'm over here coming up with all kinds of t- statistics while we're waiting for our next guest, Jamie, to be on the phone. And we do have Jamie, so I'm going to make a, a quick segue into um, asking her some questions. Jamie, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am great. Well, um, we have been talking with uh, Melissa from Stadia and and Bloom, and she's also a church planner's wife, and she was giving us all kinds of great tips on uh, marriage and how to keep the intimacy alive in our relationships. And then we're all of a sudden switching gears, and we're talking about um, butterflies and (laughs) your newest book on chasing the butterfly. Can you tell us a little bit about your inspiration in writing this book? Sure. Um, the the book largely came out of um, I have a real passion for art. I've been doing art for many many years, visual art, painting, and water watercolor and acrylic, and and I've also traveled quite a bit, um, particularly to France. And so the book really grew out of um, my passion for art and traveling to a very very picturesque and um, sensory place and. Um, that's how the storyline initially developed. Oh, okay. And and so, um, do you do you have? I know you're you're also the owner of Piggy Toes Art Studio. So as you're doing this art, um, this book came to mind, and you started writing the book as as well as you own the art studio, correct? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, I've had um, the. It's kind of. It's, <laughs> Piggy Toes, thus it, it came out of, um, originally it was a hand-painted children's furniture business, and so that's the name, but it's really grown into um, art instruction and a place where I paint, and it's um, still for children, but largely um, adults, particularly women, and um, it's just a great place for people to come create and have art instruction, but a lot of, a lot of friendships have, have grown out of it also. So they can schedule a time to come together, and I, I I know that's a big thing here in Arizona where they have, like, these wine and cheese and art parties. Is that yep. kind of what this is? Yeah, it is, and it's funny because um, I was just recalling the other day that Piggy Toes has been around now for 20 years. Um, it started when my oldest son was one, and so it was kind of – came about um, before all of um, a lot of the places now, but it does have, you know, a similar thread where um, people come and we do, you know, have great food and wine and good conversation. And so the art can take on, um, you know, a real um, light, spontaneous um, feel, or, you know, some people really choose to just be really focused on the actual um, art and more the technical piece. So, uh, but it's it's wonderful because it's 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 stayed very much. Um, even though there, there's a website and such, it's very much word of mouth, and it's not a commercial um, place. And that's I've just kind of purposely kept it that way. It's a, a great part of my life as well. That's really neat. Well, tell us a little bit more about your your book on chasing the butterfly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's um, the storyline is um, about an artist in the south of France in Paris, 
and it spans her life from when she was a young child um, back in 1929 up to the 60s, and so it has a World War II element to it. And she's a very interesting character. She, um, through various losses and some real tragic moments, um, really begins to withdraw, and her paintings become really the metaphor for her life. And so she paints a whole... She goes on to become a very famous painter, um, but she paints a whole series of secret paintings that um, is really her means of protecting her memories and her hopes and dreams. And um, when those paintings are eventually discovered, then it unravels um, a whole bunch of relationships and the intentions of, of other people that she loves. So it's, it's a historical fiction, um, again, all in, in Paris and southern France, specifically in the beautiful town of Roussillon. And um, she, it goes back and forth between those two settings, and you go along with her growing up with her. And uh, like I said, the World War II element is, is important to the story. It's not a heavy, heavy historical fiction book. It's really uh, more along the threads of a, a literary style, um, very um, character, relational book. And it's been a lot of fun. I've been attending a lot of book clubs and the comments and the questions and I guess most fascinating, just the connections that people bring up after reading the book. Um, I, I've just been kind of astounded. <laughs> Every conversation is different and sometimes people bring up things and I think, oh my goodness, I don't even remember that being in the story. <laughs> you know, it wasn't intentional and something that they've gleaned out of it. So how the whole long, adventure's been quite exciting. Yeah. How long has it um, has this book evolved? Like, it, do we have years, months since you started um, it, the project? Well, so it released last October, so October two thousand fourteen. But it really was um, the main character Ella actually came to be in my mind um, seven years ago. And that's not exactly how long I want to take to be writing the, the the other manuscripts that I'm working on. But so it was a it was definitely a story that evolved out of me writing various scenes, and then I went back and really pieced them together and pulled the whole manuscript together really over the course of five years. And um, so the, the whole process has been has been quite lengthy, and um, but it's been a been a fun ride. I was actually pretty sad when I finished writing it because I'd like to kind of continue hanging out with those characters. <laughs> did you um, tell us, well, I was going to say, did you write, is this your first one or did you have another book prior to this? Yeah, this is my debut novel. Um, I've always loved to write. I teach school, actually. I teach, um, I've been teaching for 20 years now as well. And um I teach language arts, so I'm you know, every day steeped in the whole writing and, and reading process, and I love teaching that, and I've always had a passion for writing, but this was my first manuscript that I tackled, and I, I have truly been just in awe of how, um, boy, the doors that have opened um, along the whole process, and how receptive people have been, and, and truly, I was telling some folks um, just last night, I was at a book club, and and I didn't really look ahead as to what would be the outcome of this whole experience. I think I was just so steeped in the process of writing the book and 
finding an agent and then um, them finding the publisher and going through that whole process. But it's just been an amazing um, experience in gratitude and and really humility as well in, in ways that I've never experienced those two things because the, the outpouring, again, of, of just support and people genuinely wanting to, um, I guess, see, you know, really hoping for people to achieve their dreams. And it's just, it's been, uh, like I said, you know, I'm 50 years old and <laughs> this is a whole fresh new way of, of experiencing gratitude and, and then humility, knowing that this really, I mean, I wrote the book, but this is not a process that's been all me. And that's mm-hmm. been a really wonderful feeling. Mm-hmm. So t- tell us about your day. So you're in another part of life, like, you know, people um, have a tendency to, uh, think of, okay, this is the second half of my life, which it sounds like that's what, that's what you're going through that second path. Um, yeah. you know, it's plan A and then there's, there's plan B. Um, what, what kind of had that transition and then tell us about your day. Like, when do you write? When do you have, you know, a, a certain routine? Well, I'll answer that part first. Um, I would love to say that I'm one of those very, um, structured writers that gets up every day and, and meets a word count. Um, hopefully someday <laughs> I can say that. But um, with teaching full-time and, and running the art studio, and I, I have three teenage boys um, plus a husband that makes really a force. And uh, so it's been quite a juggle. And I know a lot of, probably most writers, you know, struggle with, with um all the other things of life that keep you busy. So I really write um, in bigger blocks of time. And whether that's getting up in the morning or a lot of weekend time, where I just kind of get in the zone. And it's something new with writing that I, you know, I can go in my studio and paint and put on music and just have a great time for, um, you know, a long time. But there's something about writing that you just get in this, zone state and I can write and write and write and all of a sudden hours have gone by. So I do a lot of, I think, making those strides in kind of blocks of time. And now with the book, um, a whole other component of this has been the marketing and the promotion. And in, in my past life, I was in advertising and I, I and do And Casey, have I'm, gonna, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to hold that thought with me and we'll be right back. Sure. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. 
That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We are speaking with Jamie Mansfield. And uh, Jamie, I want to apologize. I, I called you um, Casey, and that is our sound engineer. So I... You know, at our age, you get all kinds of names that are filed yeah. in your brain, and uh, whatever comes out, comes out. My kids are, are used to it, but... Um... No, I'm, I'm with you there. Not, not a problem. <laughs> um, funny. But anyhow, you are the author of Chasing the Butterfly, as well as the studio owner of Piggy Toes Art. And Jamie, you were talking about kind of going down that, that second half of your life. And, yeah. you know, so many times we, we do get into this, this spot where... You know, plan A, we, we were we were very excited to, you know, perhaps get married or to have children. And um, we never think of the plan past planning our, our wedding, you know. Yeah. Right, <laughs> that's then, right. Then you go, okay, now I'm going to plan these babies. And not, not always does that plan work out, but you don't get past the fact of having to buy, you know, which diapers are on sale. And then you just slowly get to that point where all of a sudden you're you're putting kids through college and you're wondering, well, what what am I going to do in this part of the second half of my life? And I love that. You've been writing for five years and mm-hmm. now you're in that part of um, having to market, maybe even get an agent. There's so many questions there because we go, oh, do I need to, um, you know, try to do sell this book myself because there's so much now with using the internet mm-hmm. or do I need an agent? So how did you come up with those decisions? Well, I think, you know, the process of this whole writing, um, like I, I mentioned earlier, just it's very interesting now in retrospect, how many doors open. Uh, I don't think really it's my own doing. They just were these amazing opportunities. Um, and, and maybe now looking back, I see them, you know, that they were such um, really blessings that, uh, I went, I started attending some writers' conferences, 
And uh, that was really an eye-opening experience just to to sit down with very accomplished writers and see that they were sitting in the same class with me, you know, learning about character development or such. And really the, these people are so personable and truly wanting to help you along on your path. So that was a big start to all this and just um, beginning to believe in myself a little bit that I could actually maybe be a part of that world. And then when I finished the manuscript, um, I submitted it to uh, the Christian Writers Guild Operation First Novel Contest back in 2011. And that was really a fortunate situation because it, it was manuscript placed in the top 10. And so mm. uh, and it was a, a nationwide contest. And so what that really helped me with was to be able to have more serious conversations with some agents. And I found a, a wonderful agent, the Blythe Daniels Agency, of Colorado Springs in, in Colorado, and Jessica Kirkland has now become my agent. And so really through them, they were able to find um, the publisher that was a good fit for the book. And I had made that decision early on that I wanted to go the traditional publishing route for my first book. It was just something that I just kind of made that personal decision for myself. Um, I knew it was going to be very challenging. And, uh, you know, obviously as someone that had not published before, uh, but that's just what I kind of set out to do, and it it, was, it took a lot of patience. Um, but they found a great publisher, Lighthouse Publishing of the Carolinas, and they have been just phenomenal to work with. And as a new author, they've um, just really been very instructive about the whole process and very personal, which has been wonderful uh, to make them really feel part of the whole the whole effort. And um, so that's that's how. I've, I've ended up now with a book coming out um, last October. Wow, that is great. You know, you, you made a comment that I think is so significant when um, you're sitting in these writers' conferences and um, you're with all these other writers and we have a tendency to feel so inadequate when yeah. oh, you're yeah. <laughs> there and you made the comment, I started to believe in myself and yeah. – um, I just think the other day uh, we were talking with some girlfriends of what would it look like in your day if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God was right there with you and Mm -hmm. you you couldn't fail because God is right there with you. And it's funny that we have to ask ourselves that question because he is right there and when we're inviting him into our day and we're saying okay god go before us orchestrate Mm -hmm. this you know it's it's like how could we not go confidently and yet we do every day Mm -hmm. you know you you go through that it's like okay you had to start believing in yourself and um just what how much time and misery we would be able to get away from if we looked and changed that you know that paradigm of okay, God is saying, go for it. And, yeah. and we need to, to have that confidence, not in a, in a prideful way, but in the confidence of, you know, sometimes I ask myself, is this truly, you know, where God wants me? And then I go, why wouldn't God want this to succeed? Yeah. Cause we're, we're so big on, it's going to fail. I can't right. do it. It's not going to happen. So yeah, would, and I, I'll go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you what would be another tip like that when you said that, but go ahead with what you were going to say. Well, I think, you know, an interesting thing for me in this process was 
as I said, so many doors kept opening and, and so many wonderful people coming into my life that I kept thinking this has to be of God. I mean, he, this is just, it keeps propelling itself forward. Um, and so that was always reconfirming. But I, I always kind of wondered, and when I truly wrote the last sentence of the manuscript, I just started weeping, like not a pretty crying. I'm, you know, Scottish, so I could blotchy, you know, the puppy eyes. But I mean, I really, really cried because I had promised myself and I had promised God that I would finish the story really for, for personal reasons. And so, you know, if I really say what my inspiration was, it was really a journey um, that I promised the Lord that I would go on. And so when I finished that last sentence, I didn't, I remember just looking at my computer and I thought, I don't know if it's going to just stay there between my brain and the computer and the Lord. And that's the end of it. Or that, that was the purpose of writing the book. And at that point, I just had to really relinquish all of my control. I had done what I could do. And then it was just really astounding, I guess, how the doors just really start flying open at that point. And so then I knew that, that God wanted this to be beyond just my eyes. And that conversation has been really fun to have with women, particularly at book clubs and where I've been doing some signings and, and speaking events, because, um, you know, it was interesting that God, I think, has used this vehicle for me to have conversations with women. And you mentioned, you know, that turning point or that second half of our lives. And, you know, I guess my problem is I haven't let go of some of the things from the beginning of my life. Um, you know, like I said, I've been teaching a long time in the art studio and that's probably my biggest dilemma is letting go of things that I really do love. Um, but I, I think it's exciting that God does lead us through new seasons. And it's just, you know, he's just always full of, full of surprises. Mm. And, and sometimes, you know, we, we do get stuck in a season and yeah. um, then we, we need to listen to people like you that say, this is exciting. This, this next season that, that God, you know, brought me down this path. And I, I know many times it's paralyzing because mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know what to do next. And I, I know it sounds trite, but just start, start doing yeah. something. And yeah. that's when you realize, okay, this is a passion or, or mm -hmm. look at where there's a void and start feeling it that, you know, this is where God's asking you to serve. And sometimes just in serving, uh, mm -hmm. there will be something if you need a, you know, a revenue stream or, or whatever, something will become of it just because you're being faithful to what, what God is calling you to do. So tell us, do you have a website or a blog? And if so, where do you want to drive our listeners? Oh, I'd love that. Um, I do. My blog is called, well, it's first of all, it's Jamie, and the spelling is unusual. It's J-A-Y-M as in Mary, E, Mansfield, um, M-A-N-S-F-I-E-L-D. So the blog is jamiemans.com. My blog is called um, The Blank Canvas, Fill It With Him. And if you go to the blog, you'll see the, you know, the banner that comes up. But I just love the image. It's um, a big canvas, and it's actually on the back of our yard, our property. Um, so I love the visual element as far as and the, the spiritual element. And that's where I blog about writing, art, inspiration, family, all kinds of things. I really enjoy doing that. And I have an author Facebook, which is Jamie and my middle initial H, Mansfield. 
And that's a great place to go um, to like that page. And I put a lot of information up about the book and all kinds of things about France. Um, we're doing a fun little photo contest now of wherever you chase the butterfly. And people are beginning to send in um, photographs of themselves reading the book in various places, whether it's someplace exotic and <laughs> exciting or <laughs> curled up in their bed and um, reading the book. So that, that's been a lot of fun. But those are, and then I'm also on, on Twitter um, at Jamie Mansfield. And uh, I love to interact with readers. I've just, probably the, the most exciting outcome has just been the relationships and the friendships I've made with people all over, you know, places in the country that I'd never have a chance to, to meet those people. And a lot of it is just through an email or a direct message. But um, I just love those relationships that are coming out of those. That is awesome. And I do believe it is all about the relationships. Well, we only have a minute left. Uh, Jamie, mm -hmm. will you tell us just real quick, um, either one tip or what is just your favorite book that you've ever read, obviously, besides Chasing Butterflies? <laughs> oh, boy, that's a tough one. Um, you know, probably my all-time favorite. Oh, it's tricky being a language arts teacher because so many of them are my books that I do with my kids at school. But really, probably my all-time favorite is the C.S. Lewis, Lewis series and The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe because it just, that was the first book that just took me into a whole other world and really um, let my imagination take over. And I've never forgotten that experience. Mm. And um, so that's, that's really a treasured piece to me. So okay, I, that is one I, of mine, too. I, I read that in high school. And you're right, it opened up a whole, a whole new yeah. world. It's a, it's a beautifully written book, and um, and now as an adult going back to read it, just all the underlying meanings and such that I didn't really understand as a child, but but now I can read it from a whole different perspective. Wow, so well, I, that, yeah, that is a great tip. I'm sorry, we're going to have to end our show, but we want to thank Jamie yeah. Mansfield for being with us today. Go find her on the website, run and grab that book, Chasing Butterflies. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. All right. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the 